Today we continue our series, Best Sermon Ever. We've been considering Jesus' Sermon on the Mount for the summer and been enjoying learning from him. Um, who was here last week? Raise your hand. You were here last week, right? How good of a job did Todd Meredith do, right? He did. I agree. Um, if you see him around, just say thank you. Uh, he did so well that I was like, dude, you're going to do it again. So, um, no, I just wanted to let you know kind of what the schedule is. Um, so, uh, starting September 1, you're going to start a new series in the book of Colossians. It's a short book. You can go read it this afternoon. Four chapters. Um, and what I've done is I've set up a preaching schedule um, for September and October. And then if I need to set one up for November and December, I'll do that as well. Um, until you guys can find uh, a full-time pastor. And then what we have done is so, sort of pooled our resources. We have a, a, an abundance of great teachers available here. And so um, we'll be taking turns uh, teaching from the book of Colossians. I'll be even taking a turn, so you aren't getting rid of me yet. Um, so, um, so we will have uh, Ben Holtz teaching. Todd Meredith will be teaching. John Bent. John Bent is Sarah Mitchell's father. He was a, a Lutheran pastor for his whole career. Just came from a church, uh, I believe in Whitefish, that he was a pastor there for 26 years. So you're getting an upgrade there, let's just be honest, okay? <laughs> Excuse me. And then myself and then maybe some others um, will be sort of juggling, and Nielsen Griner will be uh, juggling the preaching schedule. And so uh, we will be teaching and preaching from the book of Colossians. I'm really excited uh, about this book. I think it's a fantastic book for us to consider at this time. Here, here's the big idea of the book of Colossians. Christ is the center. And, and so in the midst of transition, in the midst of searching for a pastor, in the midst of not knowing what's next, maybe, uh, we just need to keep coming back to this church. Christ is the center. Christ is the center. Christ is the center. So we'll have uh, about eight weeks, nine weeks of considering a book, a letter actually written to the church from Paul uh, to remind them that Christ is the center. So be looking forward to that. This morning we'll be in Matthew 6, verses 19 through 34. Matthew 6, 19 through 34. Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and vermin destroy, where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where moth and vermin do not destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one can serve two masters. Either you will hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Or, or um, wealth might be a better translation. 
Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink, about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Can any one of you, by worrying at a single hour to your life? And why do do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spin. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon, in all his splendor, was dressed like one of these today. If that is how God clothes the grass of the field, which is here today and gone tomorrow, is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? You of little faith. So do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things. And your heavenly Father knows that you need them. But seek first. Everybody say first with me. First. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I want you to think about a moment in your life of complete focus. Complete focus. Where everything else seems to melt away and you see something specific, something clear. Let me give you a couple of examples in my life. I'll never forget my wedding day. Never forget standing up here with a pastor up there. And when they opened the doors, I I didn't know that anyone else was in the room. There was this beautiful bride walking down toward me and I thought, how in the world did she say yes, right? And my complete focus was on her. I remember uh, last year when I was hunting for an elk and uh, I, I was chasing an elk around the mountains and I came around a corner and I came head to head with a mountain lion at about 15 yards and everything else faded away. Complete focus. Remember different moments in, uh, when I played sports in high school and in college. These moments where the game was on the line and everything else went quiet. Didn't matter how loud the crowd was. That play, that one moment, everything was focused on that. Do you have these moments of great focus? Have you ever had these great moments of focus? I want to talk to you about focus this morning. And I want to ask you an insightful question to begin today. And the question, see what I'm doing, insightful? Because anyway, dead jokes. All right. An insightful question, what gets your focus? What gets your focus? Here's the big question. What gets your time? What gets your energy? What gets your finances? Is it your job? Is it your family? 
Is it your um, upcoming retirement? What gets your focus? Maybe it's your future. What's going to happen tomorrow? What are you focused on? I want you to think about if we sat together this week, we won't do this, and even if we do sit together this week, I I promise I won't do this to you, but if we did sit together this week, and I asked you, what is your focus? How would you reply? And then I would want to ask you a secondary question, which is this. Is that really your focus? Right? Because you could say to me, yeah, Brian, right now, my focus is my family. And I would say, awesome. So, uh, let, let, let's not play with you. Let's play with an imaginary person named Biff, okay? I like Biff. He's cool. You like anybody named Biff in here this morning? Exactly. That's why I picked Biff. Okay. So, let's say I go out this week with Biff, and I sit down for coffee with Biff, and I say, Biff, what's the focus of your life? And Biff says to me, Brian, Brian, right now in this season of life, I am focused, focused on my wife and my kids. I'm focused on my family. I said, sweet Biff, that sounds great. Here's what I'm going to do, Biff. I'm going to follow you around all week and see if that's true. And then I would follow Biff around for the whole week. And I would notice that most of his energy actually went to work. Spent a lot of time at the office when he was even at home. Spent a lot of time checking his emails. His energy went towards work a lot. And then then I noticed that as I was following Biff around um, that he spent money. But most of the money he spent was on himself. I, he, he really spent most of the money that he had on things for him, food for him, uh, things for him, recreation for him. That's, that's what he spent his, most of his money on that week. And, and, then, and then his free time. Maybe I noticed that Biff did a lot of golfing. A lot of golfing. And so all of his free time was involved in golfing. Not that golfing is bad, but Biff loved to golf. Now, if I got to the end of the week and I sat with Biff and I said, hey, man, I noticed that like your, your energy went to your job and, and your resources, they were pretty, pretty self-indulgent and, and your time, it went to like your own hobbies and, and not really to your family. What I would say to Biff is, I don't actually think your focus is your family. What's your focus this morning? What are you really focused on? Jesus wants to make this crystal clear for us. And luckily, none of this applies today. So it's just ancient text in an ancient book for ancient people. We've evolved so much. And so we have nothing to learn, maybe, from these people. Or maybe... We do. I want to look at two ancient focuses that we're much more advanced from. Two ancient practices, two ancient things that we have advanced past. Number one, precious cloth. Precious cloth. So, Jesus says, don't store up yourself. Treasure on earth. Or mammon on earth. That's where he uses that word money or treasure. Right? Don't store up yourself the treasures on earth where moth and vermin destroy. The reason he says moth and vermin is because he's talking about cloth. And in that day and in that age, 
Precious cloth was really important. So if you wanted to get a pure cloth, you could make these beautiful ornate clothing with. If you wanted to get thick cloth, you could make some of your canvas for your housing or, or different elements of, of, uh, for your work with. And so cloth had a very high value in that day. And so when Jesus says, don't store up for yourself treasure on the earth where moth and vermin get to, what he's saying is, hey, listen, all that, all that precious cloth that you have, well, things can break into there. The, the, the littlest thing, like a moth, can come in and can eat that cloth. Or a, a rat can get in, a mouse can get in, and can wreak havoc and, and cut holes in that cloth. And, and we, don't, we don't have that same problem, thankfully, today. We don't care about cloth, do we? Like, we don't care about, well, do we? I remember pretty vividly, right after I got here, a well-intentioned young man was telling me that I shouldn't wear Columbia. <laughs> this isn't even a joke. It's just a story for your, for, for your enjoyment. And he literally, he said this to me. Brian, you don't want to wear Columbia. I said, why not? He said... Because then we'll know you're a tourist. I said, what? He said, you, no, Brian, listen. You need, you need to wear North Face, Arteryx, like, like these, these brands that last, right? Lifetime warranty. Columbia doesn't have lifetime warranty. Like these, you need, you need, you need good stuff, not like crummy stuff. You need good stuff. I know none of us in the room have ever done this, so I don't even know what I'm talking about. But, but have you ever gone to the mountain right at the beginning of the ski season and thought, man, that new Arteryx jacket is pretty sweet that that guy's got? I mean, this isn't our problem, is it? Precious cloth. We, we don't have people in our culture that spend thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars on designer things versus generic things, do we? Do we, have, do we still have that problem? So it's funny to me. We, haven't, we always talk like we're so much smarter than these people that we've come so far. And yet, can we just be honest? Like this creeps into all of our lives. This creeps into my life. Like if you felt like I was picking on you, uh-uh. Listen, every time I see a new pair of Sims waiters, I'm like, oh, 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 Jesus, thank you. I need those, right? I need some new cloth. Jesus says, don't store up your treasure in precious cloth because it's temporal. It doesn't last, even if it's got a lifetime warranty. Secondly, he says, Don't store up for yourself treasure in heaven where moth and vermin destroy or where thieves break in and steal. Thieves would break in and steal your precious metals. That's what they would do in that day and in that age. And we have advanced so much past that because we don't believe in precious metals anymore, do we? 
Anybody married and got a, a ring on their finger that they, that they were like, why did, I, why did we pay so much for that ring? Like, I got a little diamond in here. Like, how prima donna of that is that of me, right? Like, I get a diamond too, baby. Like, so anyway, like, we don't, we don't have that issue anymore, do we? Or, or do we? I was just thinking about this this week. Like, you still see these infomercials about, like, hey, buy gold. Like, like so, some of you are like, yes, we should buy gold. Why? Why? That's my question. Or silver or whatever. What, like, what, what's, the, what's the value in it? Other than it sparkles and shines. Like, seriously. I'm not, I, mean, I mean, what's the value? It's valuable because why? We say it's valuable. And you can have this conversation with me. Oh, you know, there's limited supply, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, there is. There's a lot of things in limited supply. But for some reason, the shiny things catch our eye a little more, don't they? And so in that day and in that age, the moth and the vermin, they'd break in and they would mess up your precious cloth and the, and, and, and the thieves would break in and they would steal your precious metals. J.R.R. Tolkien wrote these great books that you think are movies, but they're actually books, uh, called The Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Rings. Um, and so in the movie or the book, um, there is this creature named Gollum. And I'm not going to try to do his voice, okay? I'm not going to do it. But um, Gollum, we find Gollum, and Gollum has this ring. This one ring to rule them all. And he has a name for that ring. He calls it what? It's precious. That's right. We've seen the movie. Cool. He calls it his precious and his focus is on the precious ring. Where is your focus? What do you think about? What do you want? What do you desire? What do you need? Where is your focus? And if that isn't crystal clear enough, Jesus goes a little further and he says, let me help you, let me help you. What do you worry about? Second insightful question. What do you worry about? See, worry is not a spiritual gift, okay? I know some of you are like, I know that it's in there. I know somewhere in there worrying is a spiritual gift. It's not. Jesus asks, what do we worry about? And he makes a statement, actually. Therefore, do not worry. He doesn't even ask him. He's not that nice of a teacher. He's just kind of like, therefore, I say, don't worry. Because he knows that the things that we worry about, that unveils what our focus actually is. It unveils actually what's deep within our hearts, right? This isn't actually a stuff thing. This isn't actually a precious metals or precious cloth conversation. This is a question about your heart and my heart and what our hearts are set upon, what our hearts are focused on, where we think there is value for our heart and our soul. What is the center? What's the center of our lives? And Jesus wants to give us two simple examples of the point that he's trying to make He says, look at the birds. Consider the birds of the air. The birds of the air. Yesterday, 
I got a little sunburn, yeah? Um, went out on the Missouri River with a good buddy of mine, and we floated down the Missouri River, and we were fly fishing for carp. So all the judgy purists out there, I was fly fishing for carp, and the first one I caught, I kissed it on the forehead. Ooh, gross. That's fine. Don't want to be part of your club anyway. Okay. <laughs> it was actually really awesome, and if you want to hear the story and see pictures later, I will show you, because carp on a dry fly is pretty awesome. Anyway, during the float, we're floating from, like, Tostin, you know that area, Tostin, uh, up... Um, sort of through that beautiful section of the Missouri, big, wide, broad section of the Missouri. And at one point we saw some bald eagles. You see quite a few bald eagles in Montana, especially if you're floating the rivers around here. We saw two big bald eagles just flying around, looking so good. And we started getting a conversation about eagles. Um, And I spent a little bit of time in Alaska. You've spent a little time in Alaska, right? And, and eagles are these amazing, beautiful creatures, and they do, they're hunters, they, you know, but, but at the end of the day, what they do a lot is scavenge. Is that, am I correct on this, Bill? Like, you can verify this, you live in Alaska, right? They scavenge. They're scavengers. Like, we, we're like, oh, beautiful American freedom bird, right? Right? Like, but they're scavengers, that's what they are. Like, they, they scavenge on the carcasses of other dead animals. They scavenge, if you're in Alaska, on the carcasses of all of the fish, whatever's left from the bears. The, the eagles will fly in, and they'll eat. I remember being on a boat, and we were flaying some fish. And, I mean, we had probably 10, 12 eagles just following us, following us, following us, waiting for us to throw anything out of the boat that they could swoop down and eat. They didn't earn that. Like, we have this thought in our head, oh, the eagle, it's just this predatory bird. And it's, listen, these birds, they were just, they were, they were lazy scavengers. That's what they were, right? Jesus says, consider the birds. They don't, they don't pine away about what are they going to eat. They don't sit around waking up in the morning and go, what am I going to eat? I don't know what I'm possibly going to eat. And yet... God provides for them. Just a bird. How much, how much more worth is there in you? Someone made in the image and the likeness of God himself. I mean, how much more does he love you than the eagle? How much more does he love you than the sparrow? How much more does he love you than the songbird? They don't pine away all day wondering, where is my next meal coming from? Your father knows you need this and he will give it to you. He will take care of you. And then he goes to number two, the flowers. Anybody been hiking this summer? The wildflowers are outrageous, aren't they? Like, I don't remember, I don't remember a year like this since I've been here. We have had the weirdest summer. It rains like every day, which is a little obnoxious, but... Good for the water bill, I guess, right? But I mean, um, and because of this, the, the mountains are ablaze with flowers. How many of you have been on a hike this summer and tried to capture that with a camera? Anybody? Yeah, okay. How many of you have tried to capture it with a phone camera? Not like a really nice camera like Ryan Turner. A phone camera, okay? And then later, you showed it to somebody and you were like, well, the capture doesn't do it justice, right? Right? Because you're like, you just, 
you just have no idea how beautiful it was. Like I got up into this meadow and it was, there was colors that I never had seen before and the sun was shining off them in just this direction. And we were there in the evening and so the sun, it lit up the sky. It was pink and it was blue and then it went to this gray. And I mean, you can't even paint it if you, if you wanted to. You, couldn't, you can't capture it. You can't capture the beauty of that moment. Jesus would say, the flowers don't care. They don't, they don't sit around flowering, thinking about, look how pretty I am, right? They have no concern. Yet King Solomon, the wealthiest man to ever walk the face of the earth, he says, was dressed less than the flowers of the field. Two simple examples of Jesus' point to help us understand the main point. And his main point for this morning is this. Jesus invites us to fix our focus. Jesus invites us to fix our focus. He ends this section by saying this. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and all these things will be given to you as well. Jesus is inviting you to fix your focus. See, this isn't actually an issue of, of how much money you have or how much stuff you have. This is an issue of where is your heart? So, like, some of you have got this theology given to you, and it's a bad theology. And the theology goes something like this. Well, rich people are rich because they're greedy and because they, that's all they care about. I, and that's not true. And, and maybe, you, maybe, you've, maybe you've thought this thought. Well, poor people are poor because they don't work hard enough and they're getting what they deserve and, and their, their focus is just bad. Can I just say this to you? I know poor people whose focus is on Jesus. Their heart is on Jesus. And they're just, they're poor. There's nothing like crazy about it. There's poor people and rich people in life. That's just how it works, right? Like, if you're smart enough to know this, you know that your wealth can be taken from you tomorrow. One bad business decision, one bankruptcy, one accident in the canyon, right? It can all be taken from you, like, now. Flip side of it, I know lots of, I know lots of rich people, actually, whose focus is not on their wealth. Their focus is on Jesus, and they're wealthy. Because maybe, you know, they fell into some good business plans. They maybe inherited some money and used it well. Like, but their focus is not their wealth. Their focus is Jesus. This isn't a rich people or poor people are not me. And, I, and Jesus is like talking to me and kind of pointing a finger at them. This is not that. Jesus is pointing a finger at you and saying, what is your focus? What is deep within your heart? What drives you every day? What drives you every morning? When, when things are bad, where do you go first? When things are good, where do you go first? When things fall apart, where do you go first? When things seem like they're all together, where do you go first? When you're worried, where do you go First, when things are out of control, where do you go first? 
When somebody, when, when someone in your family who you love very much dies and you have a, sense, a huge sense of loss, where do you go first? When a baby is born, where do you go first? In all the valleys, in all the mountaintops, where do you go first? I'm convinced that this is the one thing. I, admit, I you know, I could be out of a job because maybe we should just start preaching one thing. Jesus. Um, if you grew up in the church, maybe you, you knew this song. Because I guess, turn your eyes upon Jesus. Sing with me. Look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. Turn your eyes on Jesus. Let everything else melt away. Heavenly Father, even now, help us to turn to you. Thanks that we get a tangible moment here in communion to commune with you, to be fed by you. Jesus, thank you that you are the king of the kingdom and that you are the righteous one and that you can be sought after and that you can be found. Holy Spirit, I pray that you would work in even this moment to speak to our hearts in the places that you want to remove distractions and in the places you want to fix our focus. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.